Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the left of Sanderson, to Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are short-handed. Ray Bork. Hey, Bruins fans, Mark Alvord here, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, but this is episode two of our new show. This is the Black and Gold Prospect Podcast with me for the last two weeks and, and hopefully for the remaining of the season and, and, and beyond is Tim Richardson. Tim, how's, how's it going, bud? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good, good. It's been a, uh, an interesting week, um, a little bit exciting news. Um, Obviously, the Bruins are up to the NHL Bruins are up on their season two and zero. They look really good. Um, but a uh, little little personal news that uh, we have been credentialed to cover games at the Dunk this year. So uh, per request, um, any one of our team members that are workhorses and deserve the opportunity we'll get those opportunities and and schedule with me on who's going to be there and who's going to cover the team and on a on a weekend basis and we'll go from there and hopefully it's going to be a good year but i'm really excited to go down there myself for opening weekend down at the dunk they, they got two games lined up 
uh, one Saturday against Rochester and Sunday against Springfield. So I get a hotel, little, little, uh, sporadic, if I might say that, um, I rushed a little bit. Once I heard that we had it, I immediately was, was online getting, um, hotel tickets to stay down there for the weekend and, and truly absorb it instead of traveling back and forth. So that's about all the good news we have right now. It's, and, and obviously we're going to be talking about some, some Bruins prospects here, but um, yeah, that's exciting. I hope, hopefully you get the opportunity to come down because I'd really like you to, to uh, experience that as well. Yeah, I hope to. That's, it's excellent that you were able to get that. And hopefully it's a, uh, a step in the right direction for maybe getting credentialed with the big club as well. So. It is. I'm working on that too. Um, I've been I've been credentialed uh, not during regular season games, but I have done. I have been accepted for uh, development camp, rookie camp in Buffalo, and uh, NHL training camp. I just haven't crossed the threshold yet of actually getting any NHL games, but that it will be in the works. Hopefully, this year we can accomplish at least uh, one time, or hopefully more. But anyway. Um, we're here to talk about prospects and um, there was two games from the AHL level uh, concerning the Providence Bruins uh, over the weekend on uh, Saturday, October 5th, the Providence Bruins were on the road. It's kind of funny that the, the AHL and NHL Bruins are both playing on the road, but. Yeah. Providence actually, even after the two games at home this weekend, they go for like a four game road trip after that. Yeah. they start off a lot of a lot of games on the road. Um, hopefully, that means as you're ho- like trying to shore up your playoff spot at the end of the year, have a lot of home games, which is generally a good thing. Um, yeah, that's that's the hope anyway. Yeah, exactly. But let's get started on talking about that game on Saturday night against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, All Bruins. Um, it was the Bruins won three to nothing um, in front of 8,453 people at the PPL Center in Allentown, um, Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow, that's really bad. Um, but everyone's got on the board with the first goal from Anders Bjork uh, at the 13:28 mark of the first period. Uh, assisted by and first point by Robert Lantosi, uh, a, a player that the Providence Bruins signed uh, from overseas. And the uh, secondary assist went to Jakob Sboro. Uh, the jump to the third period, uh, Providence gets on the, uh, gets another goal at the 12-10 mark. Uh, Brandon Gantz gets his first from Josiah Didier. And Anders Bjork. So Bjork is uh, on this game, goal and an assist. And that goal from Gaunt was on the power play. In uh, the third period, uh, to finish things off, at 14.59, Paul Carey gets his first goal. Recently elected captain Paul Carey. Uh, assist to end first professional point to Oscar Steen. Expect big things from him. We both, we both are very high Steen people. So, um yeah, it was a good game. Um, you know, it was, it was a good feel-out game. I don't think that the Providence Bruins put on that much pressure. Um, I think they could have won a lot at a higher margin. But uh, regardless, it's a W. And um, what do you what do you have for uh, special teams? You got any goaltending stats you want to throw out there? 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, the the team they were they were one for three on the power play, which first game on the power play that's not awful. Um, I I did th- it did seem like to me um, that Providence kind of I don't know they they just kind of seemed a little out of sync on the power play to me. But hey, they got the goal on it and it helped out the team. The PK on the other hand uh, was a perfect five for five shutting out Lehigh Valley, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, the penalty kill did really well. The defense as a whole uh, played really well. And uh, Maxime Lagasse, uh, he, uh, he had a great game. He, he stopped all 28 shots that he faced. Um, he, he looked really comfortable in that, which is nice. Uh, I also liked the uh, uh, his helmet was an ode to uh, Andy Moog. Andy Moog, yes. Yeah, so and somebody else. Cool. There's somebody else in there too that I, I totally forgot about. But um, yeah, that was that's that that was great. That's a great helmet. That was cool to see. And I think um, I think it's good to have a player like him there at the HL level to kind of um, act as another almost another coach uh, for uh, the the young goalies. Um, he he showed poise. And yeah, I think overall the penalty kill was great. Um, special teams looked pretty good overall, and they should be happy with it. It's definitely a good game to kind of build on going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I thought Legacy played very well in his first game um, in a Bruins uniform, uh, Province Bruins uniform, that is. And uh, hopefully, um, I, I get to talk to him this weekend um, because I really want to know how he's adjusting to a new training staff of, um, oh, I can't remember, Bob Asenza and um, and Mike Dunham, former uh, University of Maine goaltender. So uh, obviously, you know, it comes in with with a lot of, you know, a lot on his back as a a veteran goaltender, um, more or less a minor league journeyman, but uh, came here on a one-year deal and something to prove. So, uh, and like you said, he's going to be a, a, a good mentor to young goaltenders like um, Dan Vladar and, uh, and 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 Kyle Kaiser if they get the uh, if Kaiser gets the opportunity to come up. Um, and speaking of Kyle Kaiser, I might as well drop a little note um, um, news here. I mean, it's not news breaking news, but Kyle Kaiser is going to start the 2019-20 campaign with the Atlantic Gladiators in the East Coast Hockey League. Um, not an overall bad thing. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of shots. I think he's going to go down the same path as, as Vladar did to start his professional career. I don't think it hurt Vladar at all. I think Vladar hurt himself in the second um, professional season, sophomore year. Um, but uh, we'll talk about him later and how well he did. But, um, yeah, it's not a bad move. I still see Kaiser as as – probably the best goaltending prospect they have right now. And, and I wouldn't have said that a year ago uh, today um, with uh, me being so high on blood eye, but after seeing blood eye in game and, and, and workouts, I was kind of a little worried about his development, but uh, hopefully everything comes uh, to fruition. Yeah. You can, you hope, you hope he, uh, you really hope that he does. He is able to progress. You don't want to see him kind of go the route of um, McIntyre, where he looked really good early on and then kind of flamed out um, towards the end of the 
contract that he was on there. So you, you, you hope he works out. Um, if not, I mean, I do, I do think that overall goaltending, the depth in the system, not only at Atlanta and Providence, but guys in the NCAA like Swayman, I think overall they have a, um, they have really good depth and the future of the goaltending position there is really, is really good. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that this should add. I think that 2019, the uh, the NHL draft in Montreal, which I hope to be at, uh, working on that. Um, I, I think they should add another goaltender. If if not, they should really consider about um, signing one out of the NCAA or an overager in the Canadian Hockey League. Um, uh, there's not you can't have enough goaltending, especially with Swayman. It's it is his junior year. I know he has got one more full season NCAA, but. Uh, and you don't really know what he's doing, if, when he's going to turn pro. Getting another guy in there is not a bad idea. I, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, waste a, 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 you know, a pick on one if you can uh, easily sign one as a free agent, like, like, like Kieser did. Kaiser Kieser, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, he came on as a, um, as a free agent goaltender shortly after, like hours after um, Malcolm Subban was claimed by the uh, – uh, the golden night. So regardless of that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good where everybody's going. You can't run a three headed monster in, in the American hockey league. That doesn't work anymore. Um, because of the fact is that they run on a three game schedule during the week, uh, weekends and three goaltenders. It just doesn't seem like they get enough uh, game action that they need, uh, in the development. So hopefully everything works out for that. But anyway, Let's jump to game number two on the season. And the Providence Bruins traveled to the Giants Center on October 6, 2019. And in front of a crowd of 8,258, the Providence Bruins came in and walked away with a 2-1 to overtime win. This game had Dan Bladar in the goal, and he was outstanding. In the first period, Ryan Fitzgerald gets his first goal of the game at 14:31, assisted by Cameron Hughes and Brandon Gauntz. Gauntz is on fire with the points. Um, and uh, this Scarboza guy for Hershey's uh, ties it in the second period at 10:26, uh, an assistant from uh, old friend of mine, Matt Molson. He used to be uh, very, very popular with the Manchester Monarchs when the American Hockey League was in New Hampshire. Okay. And to end the game, um, the two to one victory in overtime uh, at the three fifty nine mark, Brendan Gauntz gets his second of the season uh, assisted by Alex Petrovich and Jack Stanika. Good to see Jack getting on the board. So um, what were your highlights from this game? Um, I thought uh, Vladar played really well. Uh, he stopped 21 of 22 shots, so not bad at all there. Um, at times, it looked a little chaotic, but overall, he was able to compose himself and play a really good game. I'm Overall, I mean, playing over 63 minutes of hockey and only giving up one goal is pretty outstanding. Um, and uh, something to look at, too, uh, Hershey was over 7 on the power play, so the, the Providence Bruins PK is now a perfect 12 for 12. Nice. Cutting out teams. So that's that's really why good. I got this guy. I got 
That's why I got this guy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fantastic. Being able to just absolutely shut down the other teams uh, with with the when they're on the penalty is great, and especially when you're getting that many penalties. I mean, getting seven penalties in a game that's really less than ideal, um, and being able to just know that your defense is going to shore everything up is great. Uh, on the power play, they were 0 for 4. So they're uh, 1 for 7 to start the year, which is about 14.4%. Uh, it's a little bit under what they went uh, last year. I think they were at 17.9 last year. Um, you would like that to be a little bit better, especially I believe it was in the second period. Uh, they had a 5 on 3 at one point for like 45 seconds. And they just couldn't seem to get together. There was a lot of passing there um, and almost almost afraid to kind of pull the trigger on the shot a little bit. But it is what it is. Um, they they came out with a W and uh, got Brendan Gaunt has started out the year hot. He's got two goals and an assist with those three points. And the other person with multiple points on the year so far is Andrews Bjork. He's gotten a goal and assist. And it's nice to see guys like, Steen, uh, Zboril, Stadnika, uh, get on the board uh, the first couple games of the year and getting a point. It's really nice to see them start out hot. Um, and it's really, for me, I, I love defense. I love how the defense is playing. I think that to build a successful organization, it starts at the back end there. And, I mean, the defense has played outstanding. They've only given up one goal in two games. That's phenomenal. And the goaltending has been great. Um, it's really nice to see the, it's really nice to see that start. And really you can see that across the organization with Boston too, playing really well defensively and uh, the goaltending being excellent there as well. So it seems like it's a, it's definitely a organization wide uh, things they do is just focus on that. Yeah. And that, that um, the, the Hershey game, at the Giants Center was it was a, a back and forth goaltending duel actually. I mean Phoenix Copley played very well. He got the third star. Dan Vodar was the better goaltender, of course. He got the second star. And and you go you talk about the goaltending. Um, I think believe the first star in Saturday night's game was uh, Maxime Legacy uh, getting the shutout. So that's huge. It, it, it what what really f- impressed me about Vladar in that game, j- jumping back on him, was was his composure during the five-on-three for that 40-some-odd seconds that you mentioned. Um, they were bringing it. They were doing, they were doing the, uh, the Hoosiers, let's pass it 11 times before we can make a shot. But he was square to the puck, tracked it well, and when he had to make a big save, he did. And uh, that lanky body really threw the puck. You know, he made that pad save. It, it really got out of the zone quickly. So uh, kudos to him for being a, a huge penalty killer in the crease. Um, but there's a lot of good things. I particularly like this 2-0 start. This is something that I've, I don't know how long you've been watching AHL TV or New Leon prior to this, but this, in the past three or four years, this is technically the best start that I've seen in those four years. And it's, it's just been really good because they, I believe that the, the Providence Bruins are, um, once they get pulled once they get players pulled up to the NHL level to cover for injuries, it's so hard for them to create chemistry until those players get back and, and, and comfortable again. So having them start like this is huge for their confidence. 
Hopefully I get to ch- talk to Jay Leach, head coach of Providence Bruins, about this on Saturday or Sunday. Um, so, but it, I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing at both levels, actually. It doesn't really matter, um, uh, the record right now, but it's just like there's so many players down there that could easily be brought up to, uh, to accommodate any injury at the NHL level. So um, hopefully they stick with it. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to the Bruins, uh, the system that the Bruins have in place. Uh, once they once they did uh, relieve uh, Julian of his duties, they they made uh, the change there and brought Cassidy up. And uh, Cassidy, having coached in Providence, really saw the value of getting uh, getting the system into the players' minds early down in Providence. So that way when they are called up, you don't really miss a beat. So I think the, the Bruins do a really good job of that, um, especially the communication between, I think, Leach and Cassidy. I think it's great that they were able to put in their system early. And it's, they take it seriously. They take the development seriously, which is what you should do. Um, it's the only real, I think it's the only real way to kind of build a like, successful system is doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing I notice, and, and as I hate social media sometimes, you just, you get, you really see the displeasure of people and their unhappiness when they don't understand a certain thing. Um, Mark Diver, a former great writer at the uh, Providence Journal, uh, out doing freelance stuff now, but he's a solid um, uh, reporter that, that continues to go to the Providence Bruins, but now it's taking on bigger roles in the college hockey area, writing for the NHL.com and, and I believe college hockey news, I'm not sure, or it's USCHO. I'm not sure which website that is. I'll, I'll definitely get to talk to him this weekend. But um, when he sends a tweet out, I, I really get annoyed when somebody says, why is Lauko on the fourth line in practice? This is, this is, this is nothing out of the ordinary. They're not going to put their best players at the top lines and expect them to coast through and, and continue to play like that. Jay Leach, Cassidy, uh, development team of um, the Jamie Langenburner, they're all getting together saying that if we train these guys to play the dirty areas first, they have better opportunities to get the plug and plays in the NHL because those top, top two lines at the NHL, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to come up from Providence and jump right in there if there's an injury. They're going to move everybody up, and those players in Providence are going to get bottom minutes. So teaching that style of the game is important because as soon as they get up to the NHL, they know exactly what to do. They're not scared. They're not this and that. So there's nothing to get you know, in heated about where a certain player is playing. I, that really bothers me. Well, they, they can really question other people's judgment on how development goes. Um, I heard it so many years when they said Zach Sanderson, why is he on the third or fourth line when he should be on the first and second? And, and, and that philosophy really shows in, the sh- in not only um, how players play, but it shows in the shot selection as well. If you look at the shot selection for – the Providence Bruins, a lot of their shots are in those dirty areas in front of the net. Yep. And a lot of 
um, a lot of the goals are scored in that dirty area. And on the backside of it, the Bruins want to keep that area clean on defense. And there was only really one shot. It shows on the shot chart that was right in front of Ladar all game. A lot of the shots were um, from right around the faceoff circles on the side. And that's what they want. They want to keep that middle clear and keep that middle clean. And that's what they're able to do. And I think you're right. People need to kind of realize that uh, there's there's a method to the madness there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get to the upcoming schedule, I'd like to let everybody know that uh, the Boston Bruins regular season is finally here with two games already in the books. So placing a wager on any sport has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. Did you know placing a hockey bet is not limited to the 31 teams in the NHL? At betonline.ag, you can place bets on teams in 12. We added another league, 12 leagues in Europe and in the American Hockey League. So you can bet on the Providence Bruins. You can bet on your favorite American Hockey League team. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listener to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media Content, we're giving you a 50% bonus on top of your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag. Use code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit. And the best part is the bonus is added onto your bank balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast by going to betonline.ag. Use code CLNS50. Please remember a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see Bet Online's general rules and for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorite sports season. Get in the action with betonline.ag, your online sports wagering experts. So um, looking at the upcoming schedule, and what we're going to do is we're only going to talk um, – about we'll go up to Wednesday the 16th how's that Tim so yeah the uh, opening weekend which I'm attending as a media member is Saturday October 12th they play the visiting Rochester Americans at 705 and then Sunday it's an afternoon game which is a very popular popular thing down in Providence Um, the 13th Saturday October 13th they play the Springfield Thunderbirds at the dunk. So those are the two games uh, of the upcoming weekend. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll be doing another show um, sometime Monday or Tuesday next week. So we'll be able to update that, that Wednesday, the 16th game uh, then. But, uh, yeah, so we got two games coming up, opening weekend. I'm pumped. I know all the Providence Bruins fans that I talk to on the regular are super stoked, uh, especially with the start. So they should be fired up and uh, ready to go. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, playing one team that's a familiar foe with uh, Springfield. You generally play them quite a bit because oh, they are, times. Yeah, in division and they're right down the road. So yeah. we're going to play them quite a bit. And uh, Rochester is a team that, in a different division, but still in the East Eastern Conference, and they're a tough team. They're, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult game. I know the Bruins played them pretty tough last season. Um, I think they only played once or a couple times last season, and um, the Bruins really they they went 
I believe it was one oh and one against them. So that's not that's not awful. I mean, that's that's as good as you can expect getting three out of four points there against a really tough team. I believe they're affiliated with Buffalo. Um, Buffalo. So yeah, I mean, Buffalo's got a pretty good system. So. Oh yeah, yeah they do. Yeah they do. I, one thing I, was, I found weird, and I still find weird, and I get the whole travel thing and saving money and blah, 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 but, um, you know, you play teams like Springfield 12 times. You play Bridgeport 12 times. You play uh, Hartford 12 times. And I get that, but seriously, you cannot, like, go over one state to the west in New York and play Rochester a couple more times or, you yeah. know, or Utica. It's like, come on. Syracuse, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there's other teams that are so damn close that you can, you can get games in, but I don't know. That's the whole scheduling thing. It's, I guess it's not about the team. It's just about your preparation. Yep. So absolutely. Um, let's move on to you got. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have anything more to add? No, I think I, I think we've we've touched on everything. All right. Cool. So. Um, why don't we jump, let me get, cause I'm so disorganized right now. <laughs> let me jump to, uh, eliteprospects.com and have a sweet, sweet website that, um, really helps us out on, on this program and, and the other, uh, black and gold hockey podcast. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, uh, Bruins prospects around the world. Uh, just to give a real quick outlook on what's going on. I know, Tim, Tim I, I don't know if you've prepared for this at all, but if you if not, just sit back and uh, enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen much about the stuff uh, with the guys overseas yet. All right. So, um, yeah, Linus Arneson, he plays for Farajstad BK over in the uh, Swedish Hockey League. And as of right now, uh, they, they've already started their season. So that he's eight games in, and he's got uh, three goals, two assists, five points, which is good. Nice start for him. Uh, Victor Berglund plays for Modo. He's got uh, three goals, one assist, four points in seven games. Um, Roman Beichkov, uh, he's with local Yaroslav in the MHL which is the league lower than the KHL. It's almost like the American Hockey League. He's got two goals, two assists, four points in 11 games. Um, Jesse Gabriel is not everyone's prospect anymore. I don't know why I still have him on there. Uh, Emilio Hansen, defenseman, um, eight games, no points. And Matias Mantic-Vicky. Uh, he plays over in the Saipai Liga. He's got no points in six games. And I think that is it for that. So that gives you the worldwide outlook. Uh, we will definitely get much better at that once we get a little more practice. But um, let's just jump to the NCAA because that's the next league um, that is, uh, is starting to get going. So um, over the weekend, uh, Michigan. John Beecher, Boston Bruins, 2019 first-round pick, uh, played an exhibition game against Windsor. That's a Canadian uh, college. And uh, got a goal. And, uh, and it was a power play goal, too. And uh, 
actually, it's kind of funny that our own Joe uh, Shanowski, hopefully I said that right, kind of uh, promptly came into a Slack chat and let me know that that Beecher was, um, that did play well and he put the points up. So I had to write that one down. So I had to give him credit for that one because I technically said there's nothing going on in the NCAA. So there's not much to talk about, but um, I was completely wrong. And Joe really showed me up on that one. <laughs> but um, one thing I found interesting is, um, is Beecher is playing on the third line, centering the third line. And another thing that I thought was cool was he's playing right alongside uh, fellow Bruins prospect John Beck, Jack Becker. So I thought that was really cool. But the third, the third um, is, it is an exhibition game. I get that the coaches are all trying to maneuver their lines to see who, who works where, but um, I don't see any problem with John playing um, third, second, or first, uh, as long as he gets the proper development in his first year, because I still believe uh, and I'm going on Matt Kalman's word here, WEEI's Matt Kalman, the skate pod host, Matt Kalman, saying that Beecher could be a one-and-done NCAA player. Could be with the Boston Bruins sometime next year if everything works out. Um, it remains to be seen. I'm, about, I'm a guy for proper development. Wouldn't mind seeing him uh, another year, possibly a junior year. But depends on how everything fits. If Don Sweeney sees an opening for him, then he's going to try for it. So... But the, the, the one thing about NCAA prospects is that you have to be, like, dead on. Because if not, it, I mean, once they go to a training camp, they lose their, their scholarship and everything else. So they're pretty much bought into the pro level right there, even though they might not be ready. But I believe in Beecher. Um, he, uh, Jack Becker had two assists in this game, so good for him. And uh, Sunderman Beecher was uh, 9 for 10 in the faceoff dot. So thanks, for Joe, for that stat, too. Thoughts on uh, on John Beecher? Yeah, I, he he. It looks like he played really well. Um, it's nice to see, especially a young guy. It can be it can be daunting playing um, in your first few college games. Uh, NCAA is kind of a lot of big players. Kind of can be a heavy game at times. So uh, it's nice he's playing well, and I like that he's um, playing with uh, Becker as well. I kind of would like to see that. I would hope that they would kind of remain on the same line, just kind of get that familiarity that they're probably going to need going forward. Chemistry is really important on the ice, um, as we've seen uh, with different trying to blend different lines and things like that. So nice to see. And nine for 10 on the face-off dot is outstanding. I mean. Yeah, that's disgustingly good. I mean, um, yeah, he, he actually had the best percentage on the team. So in that game. So that's phenomenal. Yeah. And even as a third, third sentiment, he's still heavily relied on the power play. So he's that skilled that they'll put him on the power play, but um, they can definitely see that. And it's an exhibition. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does in, in regular conference games uh, in the big 10, because that's a, that's a heavy conference, man. That's going to be some real good hockey. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know, uh, I think th- I think their very first uh, home game is against uh, Minnesota. Oh, jeez. So, I mean, they're going to be thrown into the fire quickly there. Um, Absolutely. Being there. So, uh, it's but it's it's nice to see they get the win over Windsor, um, a team that you, you would expect them to win that game, um, but it's good to see them playing well. Exactly. Um, moving on to other NCAA action when it concerns Boston Bruins prospects. 
We have Jeremy Swayman. Um, I know that he played in Saturday's game. Uh, it was a seven and nothing shutout um, against um, Providence College. Providence College. Sorry about that. Um, and but he made seventy-two. I mean, seventy-two, fifty-two saves in the effort. Um, it's and. I really can't knock this loss or any bad losses in the past. I know Jeremy had a really good, successful freshman year, um, but came a little bit down to earth on his sophomore year. But what I did notice was it, it and it's not, it's not a knock on the university of Maine at all. And don't fight me, Tim, but <laughs> I think they could have done. Well, I, I mean, it's you dealt the cards that you're handed. You know what I mean? And when you're, when you're recruiting and so on, I know recruitment can be tough because you don't necessarily go on after players that want to come to Maine. A lot of the players that you want to go to Maine are going to other schools because they're being more successful and they have a better repertoire of bringing in um, scholarly players and so on. So um, I can't really blame anything on the goaltending. Um, and I'm not even sure if he was in net for the next game against New Brunswick, which was a non-conference game. That's obviously New Brunswick College. The Providence College main game was an actual game, so um, yeah, that, that is was, that was on Nesson, and it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, but did, did you catch any of the New Brunswick game, the five nothing loss? I didn't I catch much of it, but uh, Swimming didn't play. Okay, it was it was his two backups that played, so um, he that didn't get sense. any time in that game, uh, especially where he got peppered so much against uh, Providence College. It's enough shots for two, almost three games, you know? Yeah. And he, uh, like you said, you can't really blame him. Maine has a history of being a good program. They've won national championships before. They've made Frozen Fours before. But over the past maybe 15 years, I would say, the the the, the actual – uh, recruiting there has been tough, and I don't know if, for people who don't know it. The university is in Orono, and Orono is a small town, uh, kind of in north in the middle of northern Maine, and it's uh, it's not really easily accessible. There's not a lot going on there. Um, it's basically a college town, and people. It's just it's not it's not necessarily a place where people want to be going. And, I mean, Maine's had some history of some really good players, you know, Gustav Nyquist, um, Jimmy Howard, Ben Bishop, uh, these guys that have gone there and gone to the NHL and played well. I think Paul Correa probably is the, one of the more famous ones. Uh, Eric Weinrich as well, yep. another former guy. And, actually, Eric Weinrich's mom was my second-grade teacher here. Oh, no kidding. So, um yeah. That's funny. Actually, actually, I uh, I interviewed um, a former Maine alum, uh, not Bruins related, but um, Bob Corkum. You remember okay. him? I vaguely, yeah. He grew up uh, right uh, in, uh, this next town over from Amesbury. I'm in Massachusetts, Amesbury, Mass. And he grew up in Salisbury and went to Triton High School, and obviously went on to be a Buffalo Saber, a New Jersey Devil, and so on. But I actually met him and interviewed him at the Amesbury Crossing. Um, arena um ugh, i forgot what i was gonna say 
But uh, there was a big special event for the arena that's coming to my town. Groundbreaking. Wow, that's really bad that I forgot groundbreaking. But a, a groundbreaking event, and he was there uh, because it's, it's, it is uh, Northern Mass. It is the Merrimack Valley, and, and somebody like him with uh, hockey history and NHL history uh, was there, and it was pretty cool. So he was a good guy to talk to. But um, I think that's uh, pretty much it for the NCAA. you have anything more to add? No, it's no. I mean, I think I think Swayman's going to be okay. It's just yeah. it's tough when you have a tough team in front of you. I have, like I said it, previous uh, in episode one, I believe I did say this, but I, I have no doubts that he's going to be a solid prospect, regardless of what his numbers are uh, for the University of Maine. Um, I just think that he works very hard with Alfie Michaud, which is a goaltending coach, a longtime goaltending coach, a former alum. And then I know for a fact that Mike Dunham comes up there and works very hard with them when he can. And obviously they all get together for development camp and, and do their thing. So I'm not worried about his development. The, the wins, losses, save percentage, goals against average, that is just something that comes along with it. I just think that he's mentally sound and ready to go at a, at a moment's notice. I think that if the Bruins came and said, uh, after your junior year, we'd like to sign you to an entry-level deal, I'm, I'm sure he'd be – very, very prepared to uh, to walk away from that and start his uh, his pro career. I absolutely agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be a great prospect, and um, I actually like him a little bit more than uh, Vladar in terms of my goalie rankings. I think you have uh, Kieser one, no doubt, and then uh, Swim would be my number two. Nice. All right, uh, and to end this uh, second episode of the black and gold prospect podcast. Um, we have some news. Uh, it's not breaking kind of came out today. Um, but actually last night, my friend, um, Craig Eagles, he's the Rogers TV, New Brunswick, uh, scout and color analyst up there. Um, wrote an article and released it 24 hours before Axel Anderson was, um, uh, sent to Mockton of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And then it, it got confirmed today by Mark Diver. Um, he tweeted out that the long wait is, um, has happened. So uh, Anderson, the defenseman, uh, highly touted. He's, he's good, just a work in progress. And I think going to the queue will, will help him develop more. And I think that those guys are really excited. I talked to, uh, to Craig Eagles. Um, and I talked to uh, a bunch of guys from the um, Moxon. I think it's the Wildcast. It's a podcast. I'm not, I, I, I probably hacked that one really bad, but I do want to have them on. We are going to have Mark Diver on. I mean, not Mark Diver. We're going to have Craig Eagles on soon to talk about uh, Anderson. And then sometime later on, I do want to have these guys from the podcast um, come on. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be a good move for him. Um, a, a full year of of uh, North American ice, opposed to the big ice over overseas. I just and and the fact is that he was scratched these first two day, two games for Providence made me wonder that he's got to play. I mean, he's got to get game action, and I think that this is the best move for him and, and his development. I, yeah, I agree. Especially he's so young; he's only nineteen. Um, it's his first year on the North American ice. Um, I think playing a year in uh, the queue is going to do him wonders. And I think the the big thing there too is 
he's going from being scratched two games in a row to probably being possibly able to play top four minutes on a team Agreed. You know, that has a lot of good prospects in it. So that's really important, I think. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's early for the for Q games. I know they started in, in late uh, September. Their regular season started. So, um, but talking to some of these people up there, I mean, if they get Anderson involved in a top four role on the defensive pairing, and uh, this team could possibly challenge for like a Memorial Cup at the end of the year in May. So, uh, for him to be a part of that, that's just uh, another notch in his belt. Uh, much like Lauco. Lauco comes to Ruin Naranda and, and plays one year and walks away with a, a President's Trophy in the queue and then uh, goes to Halifax and, and beats them in, uh, for a, a Memorial Cup. So just another feather in these guys' caps doesn't, it doesn't help. You know, it doesn't hurt. No, and especially, especially when the teams, like you said with Lauco and the possibility with Anderson getting in the playoff, the playoff experience is expo- is important. No matter whether it's in uh, the Q or the AHL, getting that playoff experience, getting more games under your belt, and that's the big thing. In the NHL, they're going to be playing 82 game seasons, and then after that, you have the playoffs. In them continuing their season, playing in the playoffs, it'll stretch them out more. They'll play more games. They'll get used to the high intensity and the back and forth. It's, it's really important. I think, I think he'll be, I think he'll be great in Moncton. I really do. Absolutely. Well, I think that's it. I um, want to thank you, Tim, for another uh, great week of talking uh, Bruins prospects and I'm, we're going to get better. We're going to get a better flow. We, we, we're both new with this. We've never done this together, but um Tim's obviously a, a seasoned veteran over on the fantastic Barely on Topic podcast with, with uh, Jeff and VA. So um, uh, check them out. Um, and also, if, um, if you feel like it, it's totally up to you. But we do have a brand new YouTube channel. And I've been adding a lot of prospect uh, goal highlights. So uh, go to the Black and Gold Hockey um, YouTube channel, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. And subscribe and like all the videos. We'd certainly appreciate that. And it gives you an idea of how the prospects are doing and what they're doing on their goal scoring and so on. If I get more time, I'll start doing more in-depth stuff like like Bruins Network does and so on. And Peter Lind, uh, Lindy, those guys do a fantastic job breaking down video and so on. But I've got so much on my damn plate. I, I, it's so hard to find time, you know what I'm saying? But um, Anyway, we got good responses from our first uh, episode, and, and there's a lot of people that are excited about what we're going to offer on a weekly basis. Like I said before, in episode one, we're going to shoot for Monday, Tuesday recordings, depending on schedules and so on. But we'd like to get the weekend topics and, and, and news as soon as possible to you guys. So uh, we went we'll do that. And then we'll do our regular Black and Gold Hockey podcast later on in the week um, to break things up. But we are doing two two episodes a week now, just to some uh, NHL talk and some prospect talk. So I think it's really good. And I think people are really going to like it. So Mr. Tim for another week, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. As always, the insight is, is, is very welcome and, and appreciated. So I'm looking forward to working with you further. Uh, follow Tim on Twitter at Tim a Richardson. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, we, we are, if you, if you feel like listening to more hockey talk, uh, we do have the barely on topic podcast. Um, episode one. 
Uh, we actually had episode two come out today. Oh, okay. So, okay. Um, episode two dropped today. They generally come out Tuesday or Wednesday. We record on Sundays. Um, it's at Barely on Topic on Twitter. Um, it's on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a lot of fun. We this is our fifth season doing it. So. Oh, Jesus, that's awesome, man. All right. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We truly appreciate it, and um, and absolutely stay tuned for next week's show, man. I'm, I'm I'm going down to Providence to work. I'm going to get player interviews. I hope hope to get the access, and I also hope to talk to some uh, Providence Bruins fans about opening uh, weekend experience and what they can express from a a really stacked team down in the AHL Providence. So. Uh, We will talk to you next week and uh, bring you some more prospect talk. So thank you very much and goodbye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.